Hello there, and welcome to another filler episode of Going Digital. With everyone traveling this week, I decided to share a bit of things that I had been doing research on. Namely, I wondered, due to another project, whether or not anyone, specifically MAME, had emulated the original Digimon LED toys. So, the answer to that turns out to be a little more complex than I thought. For the unaware, MAME is Multi-Arcade Machine Emulator, a project that has been trying to create 100% accurate copies of any classic arcade games, which has expanded its scope to try and do every possible system out there. In the previous couple of years, they've expanded into covering things which are a lot more limited in scope, like LCD handheld titles. They've been working with the original Game & Watches and some of the Tiger titles and are trying to get that there, which made me wonder if their scope was now starting to get to where the original Tamagotchi and or Digimon would be covered. It seems, however, that they have not as of yet, but it did introduce me to the fact that Someone has been making a very strange android clone of them for a few years now, calling itself Digimon Unlimited. And what it does is it seems to just have a central server and allow you to play over the internet with anyone who would challenge you. You can set up server moves with other people to... What's it called? Jogress. Uh, it's, it seems to be trying to do the early series stuff pretty faithfully, as far as I can tell. I wasn't going to install a strange APK on my phone enough to check, nor was I that familiar with the originals to know what it was going to be like if it was wrong. But I did find it interesting that that seemed to be the closest I could find. There was no online emulator or in-browser setup like some of the Pokemon fight emulation or one of the things that I actually loved for years. Once upon a time, there was an Advance Wars emulator in-browser, which was great if you wanted to just fight someone across the sea. I suspect part of this, however, comes from the fact that Bandai is still creating and releasing new Digimon handhelds to this day, uh, even if they are only limited in scope via the Premium Bandai service. There's actually one that, as of the time of this recording, is currently on sale in the Western market, a second series Digimon X antibody? I don't know if I have the name correct. Anyway, it claims to be expanding on the previous one, which, as far as I could tell, was also a Premium Bandai exclusive, and may have been the latest in a series of these rotating in and out. So it's kind of fascinating to see that they realize there is a market for these. People do want ones that do more than what the 1999 originals did. And they've worked a sort of miniature RPG into these that you can do if you're just playing them alone, because they don't expect you're going to know someone who's got another one of these to battle with. Although there's limited functionality for that. You could also just buy both versions of it and fight yourself if you want to... I What's the Digimon version of Catch-Em-All? Evolve everything? I don't know, I think they need to work on that slogan. Anyway, 
I did discover, however, that there had been some official... Well, two of them are emulations. One is an expanded take on it. We'll get to that. First off, no surprise to anyone, Bandai released a Wonderswan title, which was a clone of these. However, it actually could be purchased with an adapter that would allow you to fight or trade with other players via what was referred to as a dock and rock connector. So yeah, you could actually plug your Wonderswan into this and plug a Digimon device into the other side, and congrats, you were good to go. Also, there were some of these that made it incompatible in the West because we got the first-gen Digimon stuff, but then they moved very quickly into bringing over the anime-style devices, which did not fit the connectors. These were only for the little original rectangles, which are, incidentally, what the new ones use. Similarly, there was a PSP title that was download-only known as Digivice Version Portable. It came out for the 15th anniversary of the series, and it really is just a straight-up emulation of the original Digivice code, or I'm not sure if it's the original code. It's inside a virtual adventure-style Digivice on the screen at all times, but you just get those chunky pixels inside the little window on your PSP screen. It's sort of fascinating that way. However, the most interesting of these is a game that was not a flat emulation of, but an expansion of the original gameplay, known simply as Digital Monster Version S, Digimon Tamers. It was a title released for the Saturn, which started out as a higher-res version of the original Digivices. You would actually zoom in to see the little guys. And kind of turned into a .hack-style virtual world with online. It has its own worldwide web, message boards, uh, further evolution trees, a lot of quality-of-life features. And it kind of becomes a JRPG through this. You're still raising them in a very similar to the toy fashion, but there's a story, and part of the reason I want to go into this is because I'm fascinated by some of the writing on this. Like, let me just go through here and find, again, the bits. We have the hackers who are antagonists of the game, uh, with... Female Boss, the leader of the hackers. She is the leader who dispatches mook hackers to eliminate the protagonist. That's actually what they're called. And they are a parody of the combat men from the original Combat Rider. They all start talking with, the, say, a knockoff vocal tick. They have a similar look. And a lot of this game involves jokes about what these characters name their partners like uh female boss has a partner who's got a lady devimon named nice body or nice body and a lot of these are in fact uppercase or lowercase puns based on the fact that this would be the internet here are some of the combat men books we have 
uh, Moke Moke, uh, Numemon. That's just a simple Japanese pun. Then there's one who named his Vilemon in all caps, because that's the noise that I make in my head when I look at this character design, too. Another just has a generic Agumon named Bomber 2. There are also the ones who don't even get names and just have Combat Digi 1, 2, 3, or 4, which are flat-out uh, shocker joke. There's the Money Hacker, who uses Digimon that he named after money, a Gabumon named $10, and a Patamon named $0.01. Cent. Sorry, Patamon. At least you're cute. There's the Superhero Hacker, claiming that evil is unforgettable, with Justice Man, his Angemon. Or the funky DJ hacker who speaks in a lot of broken English and has Max Beat, a Numemon. There is the pirate hacker claiming he lives in the net ocean and using a Gessomon named Marine Echo. It's, it's amazing, and I kind of wish there was a way for me to mess with this because this actually seems fascinating. And there are references to things like a Devimon who's probably a Batman joke, or a very self-aware Greymon named Digicommon, which works on a couple levels if you get that common means masked. So it's literally just referring to the fact that the top of his head is a weird mask that makes nothing. Anyway, it... It seems like a fascinating title from what I can find. It's limited, but I also just find it really amusing that they named this title Tamers years before the anime would come about, and so as a result, it has a weird callback into what we're doing here, but nothing whatsoever to do with this plot. With that said, I believe... That is about all I have on this. If you have any interesting memories about these or would like to just get in touch with the show, you can contact us at Riceball underscore FM on Twitter or at the Riceball Network on at gmail.com. I speak well. Anyway, I hope you enjoy, and with luck, Garrett and Kat should be back with more Tamers next week. Thank you.